I've never done it. There we go. All right. See the blue. Press it. Don't repress it. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, Dama YouTube, welcome. <laughs> uh, make sure before we get into it, you like and subscribe and uh, share this video to your grandmother. And, uh, and grandfather, cousins, etc. Yeah. Anyway, so Scott, we were just uh, discussing the 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 how procrastination um becomes harder when 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 one is practicing in earnest and one is sort of aware and you are you are about to like piggyback on what i just said yeah so it it uh it reminded me of something domorado was saying and, um so there's two types of like procrastination there's like the good type of procrastination where saying, ah, I don't need to do this, like, like, whatever. And it's like a relief to procrastinate. Then that type of procrastination is good because it's, uh, it's, it's Duca Neroda. So like, <laughs> that's our mission. Right. Our mission is Duca Duca Neroda. So whatever is Duca Neroda is good. But so it comes from um, the fear of not that, like, the reason why you didn't want to procrastinate was because you're afraid of something. You're afraid you're not going to get this done or what's going to happen if I don't do this. Whereas for you, it was the opposite. And this has happened, both situations happen where you're procrastinating out of the fear of doing it. So the fear is opposite. Where So in that case, Duca Neuroda would to be just actually just do it. Because you're, that's why, so you're not actually enjoying procrastinating. You're just, you're no. just, yeah. So, so it's, it's important to not confuse the two because then, then you, you'll just be rationalizing, um, living in fear and. Right. And, and it's like, it's like yeah. hindrances are kind of stacking on top of each other. Right. You know, and, right. and in that case, you try and throw it out and it comes right back so fast. You know, during meditation, not in meditation, it's just right there staring you in the face. And and then I, I think a lot of people's um, strategy is to go, okay, let's 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 numb it. Let's do something to numb the the dis this the discomfort that this pressing situation is having on us. Let's watch TV, let's drink, let's whatever people do. Yeah. You know? Um rather than looking at investigating okay what um why am i procrastinating and what do i what's the worst that's going to happen once it's once i go into the process and yeah once it's over it's over and yeah but that's what i mean it's harder it sounds strange it's harder to procrastinate <laughs> than before but it but i've found it really has been harder to procrastinate so yeah like uh something some way you might want to rephrase that is it's easier to do things rather than it's harder for to procrastinate so so both is true but um i think something that the good practice leads to is um is a kind of like sense of effortlessness like things are easier like things are simplified so like um you know before enlightenment you chop wood and carry water and then after enlightenment you chop wood and carry water just without all the uh, all the dukkha involved so like you could like literally do what is need to be done without a sense of dukkha and and resentment of having to do it it's kind of like a just like a, a natural action that just kind of like um <laughs> it, it ends up making like things very very simple and even um um tasks that were used to be believed to be like like they're kind of like triggering things to do like oh fuck, i don't want to do that you realize like there's no boogeyman and like just actually doing it and it's like it's like there's nothing to be afraid of and it just 
naturally flows on on its own. So so what you'll find is like you're saying all those things that you're doing to avoid stuff, you can stop doing. Like you don't need to numb right. the pain. Yeah, you don't need to numb the pain and like try to mm-hmm. escape some some sort of like existential dread like stopping you from doing stuff. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. So but... that was that was some good that was some good uh, insight on that. That's some good insight. So so and then of course the very next time I sat down it was like phew, awesome. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, yeah, because everything was really cleared up. The air, the air was really sweeter at that point. So, yeah. Anyway, I, I find I find the way you described that interesting. The air was really sweet. That's a good. That's a um, good way to put like what like effective anapanasati is like. Like when you're really take you're taking deeper breaths and you're enjoying them the air is sweet there's a fragrance to it like the 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 actual experience of breathing is like an enjoyable experience like whereas it might be seen neutral before you just didn't even notice it yet you start to actually see how enjoyable it really is to breathe and take like deep breaths, like energizing breaths. And then at that point, like when you're just, when you're enjoying just your breath, like you're not, you don't need to numb the pain anymore. Like there's nothing to run from. Cause like, that's literally, that's the primary experience of like literally being alive. And then the body is like breathing. So that's like the number one, like intimate, like thing. So uh that's why it's the main method like that's it because you you literally don't need anything else like it, you kind of like empty yourself out from anything else in the bare uh fragrance of the sweetness of the breath and and uh that translates to all kinds of other effective um insights uh different uh jhanic experiences and um sila so like if you if you're taking deep breaths and you're like calming down you're most likely probably going to um translate into just being a better person and like different like situations uh you're encountered with like if you're just like breathing and enjoying your breath you're probably not going to get pissed off at that guy at the grocery store or like and someone cuts you off in traffic or <laughs> all these kinds of um, issues or somebody tells you like somebody criticizes your work or like uh, t- like authoritatively like tells you something you, you go oh like okay i see what you're saying i i, I didn't think about it that way and then you carry on with <laughs> with what whatever it is you're doing anyway so it's like um kind of an unfuckwithableness um of of being above it all <laughs> when you're literally just enjoying your breath like how how much more simple can can it get than that yeah yeah there's a real like reliable security to it i mean you know it it, it is such a easy thing to come back to you know and it's it's there for you so yeah, and it gives you a wonderful vantage point as well to like carry out, you know, life without getting all sucked under the muck. Yeah. You muck sucker. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. DJ and the muck suckers. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, and, New band. yeah, and that's uh, another good point you bring up is that many meditators are just like bogged down in some kind of like a not particularly awake state not particularly enjoyable state not particularly um alive state whereas the simple antidote to that is just taking deep energizing breaths like it literally changes your physiology and like 
I, I never like, like, you know, I, the first thing you learn about meditation is like, oh, the breath, right? Meditate on the breath. And like, I, I, I never like considered like the full impact of actually changing intentionally your breathing would be. I kind of just wrote it off. Like, that's like the most cliche meditation object there is. But, but um, uh, the way we do it, or the way the Buddha taught it, is not as a meditation object. Not like, oh, this is what I'm going to concentrate on now. Like, this is my object of meditation to hide from all the scary boogeymans in my mind. Like, no, it's I'm taking deep breaths and really breathing. Yeah. And that's literally changing how I feel. Like, it's a fucking, it's like a causal relationship. It's not like, it's like, it's whether, whether you, whether you think about it spiritually, experientially, or physiologically, I, whatever way you put it, like, it changes how you feel. And like, um, uh, you, you don't need to do it like all the time. Like, like, again, like little spurts here and there, like, oh, like I, when you remember, like 10 minutes, like sprinkled throughout the day, like that's enough, like that carries it through. And like the momentum of like even 30 seconds, <laughs> even 30 seconds of taking some like, oh, take some deep breaths. Like it literally changes, changes like the momentum of how your mind is operating in the same way, like, I don't know, like, like almost sometimes it, it can be like if you're just like snort a line of coke or something it just woo, like it just wakes you up like and like your jug metaphors are hilarious yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i mean like these, these people are like chasing the high of the coke but like you're never gonna chase the high of the breath you're never, you're the never breath kiss is, the dragon you never you're always breathing mm-hmm. like um you're always breathing so like you literally like there's no nothing to chase after because you already have the breath and you have it like every single moment so it's like like a coming into this experience when you enjoy something in this experience and it doesn't even have to be the breath if you find anything that's enjoyable like that's a sensory experience like an enjoyable sensory experience that's on like presenting itself in this moment and then this moment this moment this moment this moment that's how you bring yourself into the the right samadhi or the right collectedness of jhana. So like the breath is like, it, it, I mean, the breath is essentially like taking better breaths will like make more enjoyable like sensations. And like enjoyable sensations is, uh, that's where you want to hang out. Like, and like, uh, if you can do that, just do that. Like thinking the wholesome thoughts is like for the sake of that um like like throwing out unwholesome thoughts and thinking wholesome thoughts why do we do that because it makes like it literally we start relaxing and enjoying like the sensory experience of reality and that's that's where you live like that's your house like that's what um that's what so if you can just um go straight to that without the middleman of thinking wholesome thoughts or throwing out unwholesome that's wholesome like that's wholesome anything that brings you into the present experience or middle woman or or middle woman yes we don't want to be um yeah we want to be (laughs) the middle the middle person you can do without the middle middle person person. yeah It's also quite interesting how, like, eventually the breath is get gets started, like remembering to be here and now. But then eventually, as things come true in life, and we're at work or we're in the street, and something happens, that kind of reminds us to take a breath. Like any situation actually becomes an opportunity to actually be awakened right now in this particular moment. So essentially, you can you you can go through your day functioning happily and then as soon as you see dukkha you can take a breath and look at it and then throw it out or you don't even have to look at it if you know it's 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 already dukkha you can just throw it out but if it's not you can take a look at look at it enjoy it and then let it go so that's like the fascinating thing i see at work a lot nowadays is like 
dodging like i i do tie boxing so for me it's like slipping punches whenever there's like comments or whenever i notice myself telling myself a story i'm like dodging it all the time like slipping slipping there's no target here there's nobody here i'm just taking a breath yeah i do a lot of that with transitions moving from one activity to another the, the ending of one and the beginning of another is a good like a doorway for that second or two or three okay this is finishing now this is beginning and i mean throughout as well but that like the the door between from one phase or event to another for me is a really good opportunity rather than just rushing into it okay i've got to do this now okay that's the now here yeah. yeah, even like physical actions, like picking something up, is like mm -hmm. a good time to write yeah. in order to actually look at it, like to actually be doing it. Yeah, more, more like uh, that's another important thing uh, you brought up, Rick. Is more coming into like full stops moments, like whereas no, everyone normally spends their life perpetually arriving at something even throughout the whole day and then they're arriving 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 and then they go to sleep and they and they're thinking about the next day and lying in bed until um, they fall asleep so like coming into a stop like um more frequently so like you come and you sit down somewhere like take that moment to just sit there and just completely come to a stop like you, there's nothing else you need to do and like nowhere else you need to go and or even like what like yeah you transition going from the grocery store to like home or something so you get in your car you can just sit in your car for a second or like maybe a couple minutes and then just a full stop and you have you sprinkle those throughout your day and like do do a little bit of breathing and like intentionally just relaxing into like into like the peace of just like not having to do anything in that moment and then uh um that's gonna create like a baseline like a like a more like a more like uh, a more steady baseline that like translates to um less reactivity less uh um, less agitation throughout um the periods of activity throughout your day so like uh coming to full stops um and being able to stop and being able to be be your friends in the moments of just being completely alone is what will um let you learn how to deal with all that shit when like all this stuff starts happening again. So like being able to like come to peace and come to resolution on your own in seclusion is where like we learn to do it. That's where like we can really like set like set things straight internally and like resolve things internally. Not by trying to fix them, but by just like stopping trying to do anything about them at all. <laughs> just sit there and do nothing. And it's like, um, just breathe again, um, do nothing can be misconstrued. Like, I, I don't mean like Shikantaza or whatever, but I mean like sitting there, taking some deep breaths and just enjoying the moment and like not having to think about anything that you need to do per se. And, uh, that could last for like five or 10 minutes. It doesn't need to be like a super long time, but we all have at least like 10 minute periods, at least throughout the day where like, yeah, you don't need to do anything else. Like you could just sit there and chill and like really taking advantage of those moments to sit there and really, really chill. And then uh, that, that is where um, you find like the, aha like the triumphant aspect of the path is like in that joy born out of the relaxation of n not having to do anything um and then that 
will like wow now now you're in a good now you're in a pretty good mood and like when you go do something it, it like seeps into like other aspects of your life and then um then probably something will annoy you and like uh, you get tired you have to work on something and then like the rinse and repeat and then like uh, uh i found the that kind of approach to like meditation rather than like i need to sit an hour a day i found like the one i'm talking about way more like practical and useful and uh um uh fruit bearing so yeah does anyone have anything to say about that or well yeah i mean i agree with you about the full stop but i also often will 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 take that pause um, in order to clear, clear, clear things out, come to stillness so that I'm fully engaged in the next activity as well, right? So that I'm not, uh, yeah, that I'm as present as present as I am able to be for whatever the activity happens to be. It's like setting it up for that, mm -hmm. right? Not just mm -hmm. not just the moment to be still, which is wonderful in and of itself, but I mean, to for it to tip towards that new activity, mm -hmm. right? And then to be um, very, very, um, to, to move into that with a clear, with a very clear mind and a very clear intention as well. Um, and of course, it makes that next activity all the more enjoyable because mm -hmm. you're not jumping into the next after that, right? You you are for a while really sitting in that activity, whatever it happens to be, whether it has to engage you physically or linguistically or whatever. So, yeah, that's another for me another really good reason to do that full stop. Um, so that when I do finally move the move the vehicle back into gear, if we're going to use a car metaphor, um, yeah, that I'm I'm you know fully engaged in that next part. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's another good point. The the sort of like immersion into what you are doing is uh, as as much of a meditation as anything, and like the right. yeah. And you can literally do that in any situation. So, like, the Dhamma isn't, like, yeah, the Dhamma isn't just coming in those 10 minutes, like, in, of relaxation. The Dhamma literally applies everywhere. And it's, like, a full, yeah, it's a full practice. Absolutely. But I think, yeah. you know, in, in it's certain stages, it's easier to put a pin in transitions for me anyway it's easier to remember when the when the door is swinging to a new activity uh sometimes it's not quite as easy to remember while that activity is in process um so i think that's to me anyway it's a useful device to to help and then of course as that continues there are those as you said sprinkled present moments or awake moments throughout but mm -hmm. definitely the transitions are like an obvious one right it's, right. Such, a, it's such a gimme it's a it's almost like training wheels i want to say yeah. right it's like training wheels using the transitions to come to full stop clear your mind re-engage be present and then slide into the next thing you know yeah, it's like as you're like walking along the path, like there's little like goodies along the way that you could like pick up, and like you eat the goodie, you know, like and you keep. That's like a that's that's what a fruition is. Like you get a little goodie on the path, and keep going. Like ooh, there's another goodie, and like you're just like walking, but you're not gonna see the goodies if you're not looking at the like down at your feet. Like they're like they're like laid out. Like it's like taking you somewhere. Like um, it's kind of like uh, uh, some like the law or like the natural law drops these little goodies and the the goodies like guide you to like some really fucking cool place. <laughs> so like <laughs> the princess in the castle. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. Yeah. It's like uh, yeah. 
He just gave me a Mario image. <laughs> yeah, it's like collecting like, little mushrooms and stuff. Oh, good goody. And you might be taking some mushrooms, um, some special kinds of mushrooms. Like, you know, like there's a lot of different kinds of mushrooms out there. So um, whatever increases like your enthusiasm and like joy is effective practice. Like um, not effective practice is practice that you actually resent doing. And then what, how, you're not even practicing at that point. You're just, uh, right. You're forcing yourself into doing an activity that you would prefer not to for whatever reason. And that's back to, right, right. And that's back to shoulds again. I should be this. I should be doing Uh that. And then that's setting up that whole ego cycle again about what expectations and such. So yeah, that's completely the wrong direction. I, I agree. Yep. I got a lot of, like a little uh, question on John. Mm. Um, I've been I've been observing this phenomena of uh, of working with Janice and then getting myself really relaxed, getting myself to a state where I'm like euphoric and and, and smiling and almost like crying and everything is like so zoomed out that I feel like I'm about to explode. Like I feel like I'm about to explode, but then fear arises as soon as i'm about to explode like fear arises and i know i'm supposed to toss that fear out but i keep looking at that fear and i keep clinging to that fear so it always like brings me back again okay so let's restart again let's go again it almost like this hindrance comes up of fear i i just thought it's quite interesting it's like every time i i get mm-hmm. like it, it gets me so emotional it gets me like almost tears overflowing my eyes and, and so enjoyable not from like i wouldn't say it's like it's it's like a high but at the same time a lot of fear comes with that feeling as well because that means of letting go of that target as i keep calling that like that person that arises the fear within i don't know if that makes sense that person that has that fear that he has to go in order to move past that particular point inside the jhana usually what uh, this type of fear comes from is um a deep-seated belief and feeling that um it's not okay to be happy for no reason so like society has taught you to be miserable and it's kind of like at moments sort of punished you or taken advantage of you for being happy either uh, some like early childhood experience or like just throughout like life as a whole like society most most people are not 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 crying tears of joy at how beautiful life is how beautiful this experience is and how enjoyable it is and how happy you can really just be for no reason just to be happy just because just because um um being alive is so great and and uh you you feel somehow that you are doing something wrong by doing this because yeah because it's so unfamiliar and so not the status quo that a fear arises like oh like this must like like usually like you know you you take uh like if you take some drugs and you start feeling really good like you you always have that thought like oh like this is good but it's like it's gonna have like repercussions like this high is gonna have repercussions but like that's kind of like the normal way to think is like because you've been trying to get happiness from pleasure and when the pleasure um, goes away, there's suffering. So like, you think that this happiness is going to have repercussions. And then also society has, has taught you that, oh, you can't be happy. You have to be striving for something. And like, you can never be satisfied. You have to always be arriving and always trying to be better and always trying to get the new thing. Like, so like there is a guilt and a, and a fear that comes out of that. Um, that's the real fear that stops you from just 
continuing to just simply be happy and enjoy the, the beauty of that, the beauty and the transformation of that experience. So you kind of have to internally just become a lion and go, fuck you, society, yippee, and keep enjoying yourself. And then just let go of that fear completely. I think uh, most people, you know, um, a lot of people attribute that fear to like, oh, uh, you think uh, I'm afraid to like disappear, like I'm afraid to have ego death or I'm, there, I'm, there's an identity that's clinging to my sense of self that like doesn't want to disappear. No, that's not the real fear. The real fear comes out of that conditioning I was talking about because what the mind really wants to do, what the self really wants to do is go, go into that ecstasy and go into that bliss of, uh, of, of, of disappearing and then the relief of emptiness and the relief of not, have, not hanging on to anything. That's what it really wants to do. But what's stopping it is the conditioned fear that somehow you're doing something wrong the child mind that it's it's not a rational fear it's an irrational fear that comes from um, habits and tendencies and beliefs and structured belief systems that we have inherited through our life on this planet and human civilization um, so literally what to do is just literally um, discard it just throw it out like it's garbage like it's not useful it doesn't help you it doesn't make you a better citizen it doesn't make more people like you there's nothing useful about this fear so you just throw it out because um um you have been given permission to be happy so you've been being given permission by the buddha himself and the lineage of teachers that followed after and uh, it's the wheel of the dhamma that's rolling so there's a much, there's a profound um, force behind it that's like cosmic proportions. And like uh, the, the, the fear is like literally so insignificant and like nobody on the planet is more important than the wheel of the Dhamma taking place inside you and unfolding in its full beauty and full splendor. Um, so hope that helps but like I've, I've experienced similar things and like um, um, I'm, I'm uh, pretty certain like that's a pretty common fear and that's usually where it comes from yeah yeah you've been pointed quite well there's a lot of like um, guilt feeling arising with that with that fear it's like feeling guilty for feeling good and then the fear of death essentially is the fear of being kicked out of society for feeling good for not fitting in. So right. what, what if I stand out, I'm going to get kicked out. I'm not right. going to eat, I'm, I'm going to die. Blah, 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 blah. The fear, the fear can, continues even, even, even deeper than that. But I, I have noticed that like a lot of times you can overcome it in, in solitude, especially, but when there's other people and I'm just sitting there and just, smiling and I like almost almost like crying tears of joy and like sometimes in public that that arises a bit more than when I'm in solitude in solitude mm. I can kind of let go but in around the people is still a bit clinginess because because there's more data I guess more more information around you so mm. more happening more noise still kind of a bit overstimulated mm -hmm. yeah that's why the the main the main like practice is born out of seclusion. Like the main, like that's in the Anupada Sutta or the uh, the MN one 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 Manjama Nikaya or whatever. It says like joy and rapture or something born out of seclusion. Like it's in the Sutta. It says born out of seclusion. So that's how it works. Like this kind of experience is born out of seclusion, and then like eventually, um, it's kind of like after that the full fruition of that experience. Like it's hard to like be afraid of things anymore. Like even when you're doing stuff, like like <laughs> you kind of just you're above it, and you see like through the show, and like you see 
um, you see it's all all the world's a stage and it's all a play and I can none of it actually matters it's all fucking point like none of it matters so like you might as well enjoy yourself and just play the game but there's no stakes involved like there's literally no stakes because you have experienced emptiness <laughs> you've experienced what it means to lose everything and you you actually found out it's not scary at all it's a fucking nirvana it's like a bliss and it's like uh that's it like and like uh everything that you're scared of had to do with losing something but actually losing everything is the best fucking experience you could possibly have. So that's going to have significant implications and how you feel and the rest of your activities and what whatnot. And you're just gonna be actually having a good time and like playing playing a game really. <laughs> I'm like none of it is that serious. Nothing is serious. Really. There's nothing important and there's nothing serious so you can literally have a laugh <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna always have a laugh about something i mean i wouldn't recommend doing it at funerals but like like uh you know just try to like read the room here and there but <laughs> yeah this comes to my mind like carrying a luggage and and having a bunch of useless things in your luggage and always dragging it everywhere around and being like what if i need this what, what about this what, what if i need this in mm -hmm. every particular situation even mm -hmm. even though you're living like in in some kind of desert island where like uh cell phones don't work or like batteries, batteries you can't even charge batteries but yet you're still carrying that useless stuff all mm -hmm. the way around even if your survival is still okay you're just chilling on the beach that's how i always like seen it just useless kind of junk and as soon as you let go free of yourself of it like you you can you can see how much smoother the world even looks like like everything is just it's like skateboarding or surfing or like it's just flowing through everything. That's the key right there, flow. It's about flow, it's entering the flow. What do you guys think about the science of like they're trying to discover how to enter flow states? And and they're well, all complicating the flow states. It almost seems like good. Well, good. Just what can I say? Good luck to them. You don't you don't need science to do it, but good luck to them. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, like one day just get an injection. People, <laughs> I think whatever gets people practicing more, and like um, that's something I I found really funny about people is that if I just mention some kind of neurochemical or like like say some scientific buzzwords and then teach them the Dhamma, like feed it into that. Like they're going to be like, oh, oh, okay. Like, oh, this is real. Like, oh, it's like a real thing now. Okay. I never knew it's like the yeah. serotonin and the dopamine. You, like, so like you just, you have you to know, use whatever. those, you have to use those holy, <laughs> those holy scientific words. It's like, it's like the package. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's a package. Yeah, it's like, it's mm -hmm. the people who never like they probably never read a scientific literature in their life but like you just mentioned some sciencey words they're like it's an like they're like gonna be like convinced <laughs> and, then, and that's how most people are. so if people bring a science into meditation and and uh, the dhamma i think that's great like that's the more the better and like and there is physical ramifications like don't get me wrong there is science to it like the 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 taking deeper breaths and relaxing does have chemical ramifications and like the way the stress hormones work it's going to change all that and like there's this guy like Wim Hof he can actually like people inject him with a virus or something and he literally breathes his immune system into act activity and like conquers it through breathing and like he's able to survive like insanely like cold temperatures that most people would get frostbite and die in just through his breathing activity so it, it has like real world physical scientific ramifications like this type of stuff and it's really interesting for um for people who are actually interested in the science of it so i think that's great like good for them but um um, um also the another added benefit is just like put some like 
people who think uh, this stuff is woo woo into like perspective of like, no, it actually, <laughs> it actually makes, um, makes you happier. And it actually makes like the experience like more enjoyable. Um, Cause like, yeah, a funny thing is a lot of people think like they can't be happy unless they're on some kind of substance. So like they'll like take a substance and they'll like be like, okay, now I can be happy and then it's enjoy themselves or whatever, whether it's like drinking or like any other drug. So if you tell them like, hey man, there's already these drugs inside your brain called neurochemicals and you can, and you can get high on them just by taking some deep breaths then that's going to give them excuse like it's going to give them a permission and a justification to actually just be happy because like people believe in like superstitions superstitious things like um so so i think it's um uh wonderful you know um i think the dhamma should be pragmatic you know i think that's some good some good things i found about dhammarada's teaching is it's very like real in the sense that um one thing that stuck out to me about him is that his emphasis on coming out of magical thinking so there's there's nothing you need to believe about it the idea is to stop believing in stuff and come out of magical thinking and just be in the reality of this present moment and this present moment is undeniable like uh everything else is on sh is shaky territory like everything you project into the future and everything you recall about the past is shaky territory like your mind is changing it all the time and, it, and it's like subject to mistakes like you can remember something incorrectly and even worse so project into the future incorrectly in fact nobody projects into the future correctly some tricksters might tell you they can but nobody does nobody knows what's coming in the future so um coming out of all that magical thinking and just being in the facts of your experience and the fact of your experience uh yeah there's nothing you need to believe for like there's nothing woo, -woo about it there's nothing you need to believe in it's uh it, it's just there <laughs> and that simplicity is uh, when you can actually let the weight off your shoulder and relax because there's no like there's no uncertainty there's absolutely no doubt and no uncertainty and no fear in the experience of this moment. Like the doubt and the fear and the uncertainty all is fabricated, like, like imagination concepts and stuff like that. The present moment is magical enough already. Like there is no need to add another layer. It's just added. Yeah, it's magical in the sense that it's a miracle just to be here, just to be alive. That's magic enough, right? If you want to use that uh, magic in that context, I completely agree. I think it's um, interesting, though, that, you know, the folks that are doing what you were talking about, Carl, like trying to, I don't know, scientifically prove, I guess, some of these states, like use data to replicate this or that or whatever. It's interesting how they're, in their vernacular, they're just trying to make sure, right? They're trying to double check. It's really, really real. But those are still just categories too, you know? Those are still categories. And the whole thing ends up being experiential rather than it being intellectual categories or provable data. I mean, it's nice, I guess it's comfortable for us to lean back into it. So yeah, okay, based on our, you know, um, Western methods of scientific inquiry. Okay, we can check these boxes and stuff. But even knowing that, okay, the, you know, this probability, this percentage, this superposition or whatever, um, in the end, it still comes back down to 
practicing in the present moment, <laughs> regardless of all the studies or whatnot. I mean, you you can't study your way into the insights. You can't practice your way into the experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't you can't um, study your way into the into the experience, yeah. right? You, it's absolutely necessary to actually sit down and do the work yourself, right? On your own. That they so, that you flow to flow so you can work better. They're, they're essentially using it so you can <laughs> work better. But what, what what I see is a lot of people getting into flow and then they don't want to work at all. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, That's right. right. It strips it away. It's like, wait a second, why can't I just sit here now? Why do I have to use it for something? This is great. You don't. You don't have to use it. <laughs> exactly. That's the whole concept of the Buddha. <laughs> Literally not doing anything. It's, like, for it's like holding it's like holding a hammer and instead of using it, just like, I just like the feel of this hammer. It's <laughs> the weight of it, the heft of it is nice and smooth. It's kind of comfortable that's, in my hand. I'm just going to sit with it. <laughs> that's the whole idea. Yeah, there's, there's Hilarious. nothing to do and nowhere to go. That's the whole point. So that's a good thing. That's a sign of good practice. And it's interesting um, to see how, you know, corporate culture, uh, they, they're trying to find ways to harness, uh, come harness on, meditation <laughs> as a way of increasing efficiency yeah, and, pro- we, and profit. Like, how can we meditate ourselves rich or richer? How can we feed, feed the machine <laughs> even more? How can we, how, how are we going to make more money for Google? Right. Uh, let's teach some meditation. Right. That's complete. Let's, yeah, that's, let's get these muck suckers. Let's get yeah. these muck suckers meditating. So then they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll make a, they'll, they'll get us even okay. more further. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's silly. Yeah. But another thing um, you said, Rick, that reminded me of um, like the whole scientific like study of it of like meditation and meditation related phenomena um and the um, brain and the neurochemicals and the hormones these are all like i would call the map and it's important not to mistake the actual territory for the map which is the real experience so there might be a correlation um um, there might be a correlation, and to give credit where credits due, I heard this analogy from this guy named Francis Lucille. So I'm I'm like stealing it, but it makes a lot of sense. There might be a correlation um, between uh, aspects of your experience and the brain or uh, different chemicals, but the experience is the reality. In the same way, um, California itself, like driving around California is California. And every point in California, there's a spot on the map, which is an image of California. It's a it's a concept of California. So, um, and people do this with the Dhamma too. They mistake the map for the actual territory. Now the map is useful. So all the suttas, all the step, all the instructions, all the steps, all the ways we can conceptualize and present the Dhamma even is useful in the sense the map is help you navigate the territory, but the map is not the territory itself. So that's an important distinction. So like, but even the map of the Dhamma is wholesome. So that's beautiful. So even when you're just staring at the map and you're not look going around and you're not doing and you're not getting into the actual jhana, the actual meditation of it, it's still, you're spending time occupied on something wholesome rather than unwholesome. Right, right, absolutely. So, just like yeah. just like these uh, these uh, chats that Dhammato has, or, or even exactly. our, our, our groups here, that's still exactly. wholesome because it's yes. it describing the map, even if you're not walking on that, on that ground. Yes. It's still better in a better in a relative way and than you can do both being distracted oh sure yeah so you can be walking the territory holding the map in your hand or even during yeah. a conversation walking the territory ideally i recommend doing it that way so coming into rest taking some deep breaths even during the sangha call taking some deep breaths chilling out relaxing 
seeing the experiential correlate or the spiritual correlation to what we're talking about is that, that that's how I found my practice so beneficial is doing that uh, while Domorado is talking to me. So like, I'll see what he's talking about experientially and like um, try to test it or try to see what he means, like in the experience of it, like, especially when he's giving like some pointers, like, like one time he was telling me like, like, oh, feel the shirt against your skin. And like, I started like focusing on that. And then like, uh, I could feel like what he was trying to get at, like how like the, sensa like the sensations of the body can like feel like really good. And like, there's a kind of like intimacy to it and like uh, uh, all kinds of cool stuff like that. And like, there's kind of like little cool nuggets of wisdom he puts that has like maybe like double meanings. So it has like sometimes something he says has like a conceptual meaning. <laughs> he he used to call those him. he used to call those Dharma bombs. He I remember bombs. back in the day he would, would after after <laughs> sin or after he would call them Dharma bombs. He said, Don't wait, wait, they'll go off later. They're not gonna they're not gonna hit you now, but they're gonna explode later. <laughs> Mind will be blown. And I'll never yeah. forget him talking about these Dharma bombs. <laughs> So there's Dharma bombs that explode later, like they're timers, but there's also Dharma bombs that explode upon impact. Um, and some of those Dharma bombs that explode later might become Dharma bombs that explode on impact as you mature and evolve. So like, yeah, uh, the, that's both. But yes, I've experienced both types and they're both like where you'll hear something and then you'll be walking around and be like, oh that's mm -hmm. what he meant and it's like mm -hmm. the full profundity of like what they said like implements itself in you and like those are like planting seeds like another way you can think of it is like a seed that is planted that like eventually blossoms and um fruit fruits yes. bears you can fruit. use whatever violent or gentle metaphor you want yeah that's funny yeah, maybe, maybe he stopped saying it, but I, I, I won't forget that. Gents, I have to head out. I've got oh, a, perfect. Making a transition here. So nice to see everybody, and uh, I will catch you on the flip side. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Great hey, talking to you. Wonderful. Great seeing everyone. Bye. Uh, thanks for hey. sharing. Carl. Bye. Bye. Um, thanks for sharing uh, the things you say, Carl, and good to see you, DJ. I mean, DJ as always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was a wonderful talk yeah i think so we're gonna wrap it up now yeah yeah i yeah. just start getting i would stay longer but i have to go to work um, <laughs> oh yeah no it's a good talk it was a wonderful talk wonderful hearing you talk